Hello and welcome to our latest podcast. Um, this is all about the business sale process and there are lots of factors to consider when you're selling a business and the business sale process itself poses a number of challenges. That's why it's always prudent to seek specialist advice if you decide to sell or dispose of your business. Um, to help us wade our way through these challenges, uh, I'm joined today by John Morgan, um, Senior Associate in the Corporate and Commercial Department at Manda Hadley. Uh, welcome, John. Um, welcome. And we're going to have a chat about how to get a better understanding of the business sale process. So, John, could we start by looking at what's the first step um, that any business owner needs to take when considering selling their business? Well, I would say, although it rarely happens, that if you have the time and the space, the first thing to do is to talk to your accountants and your solicitors about the process. Because once the seller or the buyer has a, a good understanding of the process, he'll know what's going on uh, rather than being a bit a bit bemused, which, which is often the case. So, but it, usually I would say clients come on to us when they're a little bit down the road and, and then say, what next? It would be better for them, if they can, to have a pretty clear idea at the outset. Okay. But in terms of, you know, what do they need to do? I mean, obviously get their paperwork into good order. And the paperwork really means all the things that the buyer is going to be looking hard at before deciding whether or not to make a serious offer for the business being sold. So that includes your commercial contracts, because clearly any buyer is going to be very interested, to say the least, in the customer base of the business he is acquiring. Um, also, as part of the process, employees will transfer across. So you've got what we call in law, chupi considerations. So again, the buyer will be looking at the paperwork as regards the employees to make sure that the contracts are in good order, that they do not contain any particularly onerous terms, say for about bonuses or overtime that a buyer may find unattractive. Um, moving on, it could well be that the business is being sold with a lease. So the buyer will want to look at those terms and, and, and understand what he's stepping into. Um, and also, of course, and this takes a little bit of time, if there is an assignment, as we call it, of the lease, obtaining the lessor's consent. And often that's a cause of delay in these matters because people don't realize that till well into the process. Mm. And then I would say, speak, to, unless you have a buyer already lined up, speak to sales agents, speak to your accountants. They often are in direct contact with sales agents because they can tell you the state of the market, um, the numbers of buyers out there. Uh, they can even give you a very early indication of price if you provide them with the right information. So there's there's lots to do, and it's all sensitive stuff, so proper care and attention is needed. 
And what does a business need to consider or business owner need to consider when they're looking at getting a valuation put in place for the business? Well, the seller is it's one of the facts of life that a seller always thinks his business is worth more than a buyer. Um, but you've got to weigh into that if we're talking about the present time, the effects of the pandemic on sales, um, on prices. Um, but clearly, if you're a seller, you want to give yourself sufficient headroom to negotiate a sensible and real, realistic, realistic price. Um, so don't don't come up, don't invent figures is what I'm saying, is you come up with sensible, pragmatic figures because the buyer will be well advised and he's not going to accept the first number you give him. Okay. So once you've got what you think is a fair and accurate valuation, what happens then? Well, then you begin to market your business. Um, as I say, you can either do that through sales agents or... Personally, I find accountants are more um, involved in this process than, than, than sales agents. But in particular areas of businesses like pharmacies, care homes, there are specialist sales agents and have, they have their own database of sellers and potential buyers. So depending on your business, your industry, um, that's, that's where my next stop would be. Okay. Now, I know obviously you're, you're familiar with um, the process of, of putting in place confidentiality agreements yes. as part of a business sale process, but what does that actually mean and what does that entail? Well, you as a seller, to take the example, are wanting to market your business, but that entails making available to potential buyers fairly sensitive information sensitive to you um, and especially because more often than not the buyer is a directly com competing business so you want to make sure by means of a confidentiality agreement that the information you are going to provide which will be detailed and private is only going to be used for the purpose of evaluating whether or not the other party is interested in making a serious offer. You don't want to make your business secrets available to direct competitors involved on a, on a trawling exercise. And that can happen. It doesn't happen too often, but that can happen. And that, of course, if the information was incorrectly used, or should I say improperly used, then that could cause you you the seller damage and therefore you may well have a right of action against the misuse of such information so you pull together it's not a not a complicated thing but you pull together at the outset before you open your books and paperwork to anybody a confidentiality agreement well that brings me nicely on to that kind of information, um, which we know as, as due diligence. Um, so when, when a buyer is ready to undertake their financial and legal due diligence, what, due diligence sorry, what, what does that involve and how long does that process normally take? There's two arms to it, really. Um, there's 
the financial due diligence and the legal due diligence. The financial due diligence is just, is just that. It's looking at the accounts of the business. Maybe what is being sold is a division of a larger business. So it'll need a breakdown of those numbers into that division. So the accountants are going to come in and check the numbers, the VAT, that the tax is up to date. Uh, and that, you asked me the timetable, it's almost as long as it takes, but it shouldn't take too long, provided the seller's records are in good order. Mm. The legal due diligence, which is where the likes of myself come in, is a little bit down the road. Um, it usually takes place, certainly after a confidentiality agreement is, is signed, and really typically at the point of heads of terms are, are signed. Then the legal due diligence is reviewing all the commercial contracts, the employment contracts, the banking documentation, everything that a buyer will want to know before acquiring the business and finding himself under obligation to these parties. Now, you mentioned heads of terms uh, being yeah. put in place, but um, what does that mean? And, and are heads of terms actually legally binding? Heads of terms are usually a shortish document, uh, three, four, five, six pages, no more, generally speaking, unless it's a big, big sale. Um, really the bullet points, um, the price, the timetable, uh, the principal terms, um, the, you know, usually you would say, for example, warranties will be given by the seller in the usual fashion, covering a range of topics from compliance to employees, to property, to taxation, and so on. Um, usually, um, they are said to be legally non-binding. It's a gentleman's agreement. There's a couple of exceptions to that because sometimes you find, because of the way the process has worked, the confidentiality agreement, which I was talking about as a separate document, can often be incorporated in the heads. So clearly you would want to make that part of it legally binding. So you would say, with the exception of the confidentiality provisions, the heads are non-binding, but set out the principles under which we're going to proceed by an estimated date to enter into a formal contract. And at this point, how important is it to ensure that the warranties given by the seller are accurate? From the buyer's point of view, extremely important because heavy reliance is placed on warranties. And it's really, it is frequently the arg arguing ground between the parties' respective solicitors. So what are warranties? Warranties are statements of fact given by a seller to a buyer. And in the event of a breach, therefore, in the event that the buyer finds a warranty is untrue, he can go back legally against the seller to say he has lost a certain amount of money or can suffer damages because of a breach of warranty. So these have to be very carefully written. 
from the seller's point of view, his, lawyer, his lawyers will always seek to qualify um, in the main document, the asset purchase or sale agreement, whichever you prefer to call it, the warrant is by simple phrases like so far as the seller is aware to the best of the knowledge and belief of the seller. The buyer will want to pare that down and say, no, no, these, these are facts that are in your possession. They shouldn't be qualified. There's a second limb to this that, and it's called the disclosure exercise. And it's usually done by way of a disclosure letter. And that is a side document, but it's integral to the process that qualifies the warrant, the, a given warranty. Um, so if you're making a statement of fact that you have complied with all the requirements of the company's house regulations, and in fact you haven't because you've been consistently late in filing confirmation statements or accounts, then you would seek to qualify that in the disclosure letter. And that's another negotiation document because if ahead of the completion of the sale, a warranty is found to be, shall we say, untrue or cannot be given, then the buyers may seek an indemnity for whatever that matter is. So there's, there's a, not every business. Businessmen are just that. They're not bookkeepers. They're not perfect. No business is whiter than white. There are always a few matters, sometimes more, that need attention. So, you know, everybody must come forward with an open mind, understand what the issue is and how it can be covered. Okay. So in all of this, John, how can, how can you help with a business sale? Well, we, we at Manda Hadley are a full service legal firm. Now, obviously, I'm experienced in our subject matter today and in all aspects of it. But we also have other aspects. I've touched on property and employment where we also have specialists. And that's what they do in their professional life. So it's a team. So any significant sale of a business requires a team of advisors because they know their subjects, they know all the issues, and they know how to address them. Brilliant. Thank you very much, John. Uh, well, that brings us to, to the end of our, uh, our explainer. Thank you very much. Um, John's contact details will uh, follow at the end of this recording. Uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, um, it'll be with the editor's notes. If you're watching as a video, um, we have a slide following uh, just to give John's details. Uh, so again, thank you very much, John.